1: All right. All right. All right! Hello, dear listeners of the Mad Scientist podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, here with my co-host, Marie Mayhew. Marie, what is how up? you doing? Well,
0: first of all, I have to say, tonight is the episode that you and I, that you and I were meant to bring to fruition. It does, This it do- is our reason datra, my friend, right here. <laughs>
1: It does it does feel like uh it does feel like we did it. Right, Marie? Yeah. Like we're finally coming around here. I feel like this
0: is it. I feel like this is it. I'm feeling
1: great. So This
0: is apex right <laughs> here.
1: Listeners, for those that don't know, our episode tonight is on uh ev- well, I don't how do you even describe it, Marie? Cat just I cats, pick. kind of. Cats It's on cats. cats! But in, in, in like a weird way. It's on paranormal cats, but not so it's on different paranormal cats, cryptids, all that kind of stuff. So we're for cat stories. I'm pretty excited. Stories about
0: our own cats. Like we are, we are you want to talk about like we're just unnaturally happy about this too. I don't know why I I'm just like, yay! I'm giddy about talking about cats, which is sad. But you know what? I'm having a good time. So whatever.
1: It's good. It's gonna be wonderful. I'm very excited. Okay. Yes. So let's uh, <laughs> let's get into it, Marie. <laughs> so first off, listeners, for those that don't know, so the mm. so the podcast is growing at an extremely quick rate, which is awesome, which is really really great.
0: Yes. It is
1: very cool to see and to hear all your feedback and to uh, just kind of get the uh, just kind of get the heads up from you on what you like, what you don't like, you know, all that kind of stuff. We're assuming so, you
0: all love cats. Please don't tell us otherwise; it'll break our hearts. We're
1: really it'll hoping you like. We're really uh, hoping you like hearts. cats. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so this week is the first time ever we broke into the top thirty in the natural sciences category in podcasts oh, in, in, in Apple in Apple Podcasts. So, pretty cool. Uh, we're actually getting a lot of love in Finland, Italy, and Norway right now, which is really cool. Sweet, the Danes. Yeah, the, the Danes like us, which the is, which is nice. The Danes, we're huge with the Danes. And so, it's crazy, yeah. as you know, if you listen to the show, so we have had a lot of kind of things going on recently for ourselves personally. So for instance, I just moved into my new apartment. This is the first time recording in a new apartment, Marie. Oh my God.
0: So why did you move? I'm such a bad pod partner. I didn't even know he moved.
1: No, it's fine. You got other this stuff going on. We moved. Uh, we moved basically because they're they are building a, they're building a soccer stadium. <laughs> like not with like seriously, I can throw, I could kick a soccer ball at the soccer stadium from where we used to live, here in the Twin yeah. Cities. So Dang. with with the soccer stadium going up, like it's gonna open in like the, I think it's gonna open next season or something maybe. Wow. But the traffic in that area is already pretty terrible.
0: And hooligans, are you worried about the soccer hooligans? (laughs)
1: Not not really, not really worried about hooligans. Hooliganism? More worried.
0: Hooliganism (laughs) in the the Twin
1: Peaks? Just kind of more worried about, like, what happens to any area where they put a stadium ever. You know what I mean? it's is true. Stadiums never increase the good, like, they never increase the safety or, like, niceness of an area or the noise or the traffic or the pollution or any of that stuff. So, considering the area was already kind of, like, on the, just on the edge of kind of, you know, uh, I guess safe, not, not, not really safe. No, like the Habitable. area we, we were living in a super safe area, whatever. Like, that's totally fine. Um, just more, more like we were living right on the edge of like, there was a major highway there. So some days it was like, you could, just couldn't drive other days. It was terrible. Other days it was totally fine. Like it kind of varied pretty often to now with this stadium. I'm just like, it's always going to be terrible. Like it's yeah, it's gonna it's suck. True. So we so we moved. Uh, we also just got a bigger place. My, oh my God, moving <laughs> on up. My old recording room is bursting. At th- was bursting at the seams with uh, monster <laughs> things and I alien was say, books. With,
0: yeah, with Halloween <laughs> suits. Like, Seriously? oh my God, did you have like two or three like U-Haul trucks just filled with Halloween paraphernalia? We
1: had a whole <laughs> box decorated Chris's tchotchkes. Which is bad, which isn't great.
0: Your movers are like, uh, where would you like the 27th box marked uh, Halloween, sir? (laughs)
1: Where do you want this? Anywhere! Yeah, where do you want this dozen grimoires, sir? So, uh, pretty exciting. So, that's what happened with us. And then, Marie, you had a bit of a family trip.
0: I had a family trip. We went to Colorado. That's where I recorded. We recorded... um, our our uh, get together with Rob and Sam on yeah. the Fresno Nightcrawlers. night crawlers um which by the way and then soon after that after i got back i actually we took a road trip to southern california and we went right by the exit for fresno and i was like oh my god fresno so shout out fresno shout out
1: so we actually have a special interview coming up with <gasps> One of the original reporters of the Fresno story, not not the person reporting it, a reporter who covered the story. Are Uh, you kidding me?
0: I'm not kidding to me. They contacted the show people. (gasps)
1: What? They sent us a message on Facebook. He said he's a listener and he'd love to talk.
0: Is he for real? I I don't know. We're gonna
1: find out. (laughs) Won't we? We're gonna find out. First of
0: all, like shout out. Thank you for getting in touch with us. Stuff like this is like completely. It is like catnip for us because we <laughs> love it so much because it's just like, I mean, I, I mean, the guy who or the woman, who, the reporter who covered the story. Did they did they give so, so do they know that you, Dr. Chris Cogswell, are a little bit siding on sort of the uh, the skeptic side of yes, the uh, Fresno They night do. Call.
1: They do know that.
0: They do know. And so what was their I don't want to do any spoilers, but, you know. I, on the other hand, I don't believe in hardly anything, and I am hundred percent down with Fresno Nightcrawlers. <laughs> Seriously, I think that that's like if there's going to be alien life out there, I want it to be something like the Fresno Nightcrawlers. So that's awesome. I don't even want to know if they if what they think. We're going to no, this is, it's going to be great. That's awesome. I'm that's very awesome. excited.
1: Okay, I am too. let's let's get into let's get into these cats, Marie. Cat- Welcome to the Mad Scientist Podcast! Today's episode, Cats!
0: So, do you, I mean, you have, we both have cats. We should fully disclose in the, you know, in the entrance of being transparent and fair. We both have cats. I'd like to think of myself as a cat and or dog person. I think with the reason I have cats now is when I was a kid, my mom was allergic so we could, we could never have cats. And one of the big stories was, well, Marie, when you grow up and you have your own apartment and you're making your own money, you can ha- you can get a cat. And so like the very first thing that I did <laughs> as soon as I moved to San Francisco, got a job, got an apartment, like before I got groceries in the house, I had an M and F and cat, yo. And it was like Of course. Like it was like the first thing. And I, I've always just associated cats with sort of, you know, this this uh you know, this this thing I could never have as a kid. And so we've always had cats and I have a cat now. Or I should say my daughter has a cat now because the the cat Sophie picked her out and the cats just, you know, it's like it's almost like a um, a yellow lab. It just <laughs> <laughs> it's the size of a yellow lab. It's sort of has this dopey nature. It's awesome, and I am a big, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of her, I should say, of Sophie. So that is my cat. is is so felicious, as we like to call her.
1: Good stuff. All right, uh-huh, nice, uh-huh. nice. So we, yeah, so we have two cats actually. So we have we have Chippy, also known as Dasha, who, okay, so originally when we when we got when we originally adopted her, so Katie and I were in college. Katie was like, I want a pet. I don't know what kind of pet I want. It's either between like a puppy or a cat, right? <laughs> and so when I say puppy, just because we were going to get like a small dog. Yeah. But so we, we looked at like some, we looked at some like adoption places, whatever. And there were like a couple of cute dogs we were thinking about maybe. And then we went back to Staten Island for a summer, right? Like in between classes. And... Katie's, Katie and her mom are like, we're going to go to the animal shelter just to like look, just to see what kind of what cats they have. <laughs> right? Like, just, just to browse. look. Yeah, just seriously. Browsing.
0: Just looking. And
1: so like the minute that they decided we're going to go just look for cats, mm. what, that was the end.
0: That's the kiss of death. Right? <laughs> like
1: they're, you're, you're going to buy a cat. Like you're, you're cat. taking home a cat, right? You're going to adopt All a right. cat. Right. So she goes and this, this obese gray cat will not stop meowing at Katie. It's just like, meow, meow, meow," whatever. And Mm -hmm. Katie, like, heart melts, falls in love with this cat. The cat's Mm -hmm. name is Penelope. And so Katie... What
0: with those names? I don't know. Shelters. Like, I've seen some shelters. I mean, you have to name so many animals, so I get it. I get it. But, like, some of the Mm. names. Yikes.
1: It's not great. So Mm. then... Katie drove home her and her mom are like we should really go back and get that cat I can't believe it it was so cute yada yada whatever they call me they call me and they say Chris so so okay so they call me and they say are you know my dad doesn't want a cat Katie's dad didn't want a cat at the time mm-hmm. and they and so she was asking me can can you, you know will your mom let you have a cat for like the rest <laughs> of the summer because the cat, they didn't want to get, they didn't want to leave the cat, but they they knew they couldn't have it, and so my mom was just like, whatever, right? Like my mom, my mom was like, yeah, that's fine for like a month. I don't care.
0: Shout out Dora.
1: Shout out Dora. But K- Katie's dad was just like, you can have a cat, like I don't care anymore, whatever. So they, so they go back They get the cat. They bring it home. Whatever. She renamed oh. it Dasha, and then we immediately Dasha. started calling it Chippy instead. <laughs> And this cat is the best. It's this little fluff. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even finish the best part of this story. Hmm. On the Chippy. the week after we adopted her, or the week after Katie adopted her, there was like, you know like your local newspaper will do like Pet of the Week or whatever? Of course. So she was Pet of the Week. Oh. It was Penelope. And so I have the cutout of that still in my mom's fridge. It's still there when I go home to San oh. Island to see it. It's really great. I'll have to I'll have to throw it up onto the website, maybe, but so we have yeah. so we have we have Chippy, who is now very Chippy. old
0: well, and is the name of our production company,
1: yes, yes, Ch- damn it, Chippy productions before Chippy, for Chippy, Chippy
0: productions. the cat, which I don't know it was just as a quick little side note, how we got to that was like Chris was setting up, and the cat was antagonizing him somehow. I don't know, being smarter than Chris probably it was like you know 100%. He just because like, he was like, damn it, Chippy. <laughs> And I was like, just repeatedly, like three or four times. He's like, "Damn it, Chippy!" And I was like, "That's probably the best two words I've ever heard put together."
1: It's gotta be the name in the it's English be the name.
0: in the English language. Forget cellar door and all that jazz. <sighs> Damn it, Chippy! This it hysterical. Chippy's so and the good. The angst in your voice, anyways. So, and Chippy's adopted fuzzy sister
1: is Seaborg, C- Glenda T. Seaborg, which is a name that I picked out for my favorite scientist, Glenn T. Seaborg.
0: You don't say.
1: Uh, he's so great. Yeah. So Seaborg is Chippy's little sister. They do not get along, Aww. but we have two cats in the house. They get along okay. They're, they're starting to warm up to each other. They kind of, it's, you know, it's been about two years. And they don't always bite each other now, which is nice. But <laughs> but you know they sleep fine, they hang out, whatever. It's okay. It's it's totally fine. Uh, oh and yeah, so we have two cats, but the uh, so Seaborg, cat, a cat, so <laughs> Seaborg. A, a horde a horde of cats and a lifelong belief that you've been abducted by aliens kind of <laughs> seem to go hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. That, yeah. that, and kind of, you know, spiritual and whatever. And the, the, the connection between cats and the paranormal goes back to, it goes back to medieval times, even farther than that. Oh yeah. Cats were considered a holy animal in ancient Egypt. They yes. were believed to be a, uh, they were believed to be a, basically a animal form of the God Sekhmet, I believe.
0: Yes, or the goddess, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yes. The
1: goddess segment, yes. And they also, I mean, they played a prominent role, cats and other familiars, right, played a a prominent role in uh, witchcraft history throughout throughout, uh, Europe. So cats were considered to be a uh, kind of a wily, intelligent creature who had a link or an ability to see between the real world, the physical world, and the spiritual world and that's that particularly made them very adept as familiars which were sometimes physical sometimes ghostly animal companions that would uh speak in english or communicate some way to witches and basically help them in their mm-hmm. dastardly deeds and yes. so the you know and that's become the a modern trope with witches you know, you see, like on Sabrina, the Sabrina oh, yeah. the Witch, or whatever, right? Where she's got a cat. The
0: what's the cat's name in Sabrina the Witch? I don't witch? know, but I love it when it files its nails. I think yeah, that's it's, it that's is
1: hilarious. Favorite. So, but so the cat is the cat has this very mythical kind of place, I guess, in the world of lore. Yeah. But modern day stories of cats, paranormal cats, oh my god, are insane. They they run the gamut, but they're pretty ridiculous. So. Uh, Marie, do you want to start with one of your one of yours?
0: So I, um, well, I think just to go back to sort of the the lore of cats, and like really quickly, just say, you know, domesticated animals between your two big, right, your cats versus your dogs, you can kind of see why cats got the more, um, the more nefarious sort of lore attached to them, in that they are not considered even though they i think that they are relatively they're not considered loyal they're not considered they're aloof they're um independent they don't really you know play well with others sometimes unlike the dog fits much more has this almost 180 opposite set of characteristics to it so i think that that to me it's like even though the cat was important and Deified in ancient Egypt because of everything they did for, you know, keeping, you know, rodents away from grain and all of that. I just find it amazing that, like, I don't know, but they that there is a lot of sort of like, well, like we were saying, like nefarious, like the 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 cat stealing the baby's breath kind yeah. of thing to it, which is always to me a little, you know, a little off putting. Um. So I'm trying. I'm gonna go back in, and I think my my. F- so I've got a few. I've got a few, and we're. I'm pulling this from from a source on the on the internet. I mean, basically, if you go into the into the uh, into your Google, and you uh, put in strange cat stories, like the stuff that comes up is just gold. It's just gold, and I haven't really validated or you know done another primary source on this, but there's a few. So I would have to say is one of my favorite stories is um, Stubbs, the cat, who serves as a mayor in Alaska. Ooh, Stubbs. Yes. Uh, A town in Alaska with only about 900 population appointed a part Manx cat, which part Manx is kind of interesting because Manx cats have no tails, Correct.
1: And, I mean, I don't know. It sounds great. Right?
0: <laughs> and if you're a part Manx, if you're part Manx, maybe you have half a tail? Okay, so we're going to check that out later. We're going to verify that later. Steps to the office of mayor in 1997. Held the uh, the post ever since. Um, and is just like, so what I don't get about this is, so immediately I'm thinking, well, like, did this town in Alaska just decide to do some sort of, was it a, a uh, you know a protest vote or something like that like a, you know <laughs> I how did this happen? Stubbs <laughs> they, stubbs stubbs, stubbs I'm, right? I'm all for stubbs. Sub, but contrary to popular reports, the cat did not actually win a right in vote because the voters rejected all human candidates. Someone just appointed him to the post, so Stubbs' position is entirely uh, ceremonial, hmm. and it's uh, it's it's in in in. An incorporated census district in the Anchorage area. Tolikana, I believe. Uh, ta, ta-kina. takina is the name of a town. And it's also um, cited as the inspiration for the 1990s series, TV series Northern Exposure. Hmm. So even if, let's just, let's just step back from this and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to say the Stubbs, it's just a ceremonial position. But the cat's mayor, <laughs> right? The cat's the mayor of the town since 1997. That's kind of like a crazy. That's that's just peculiar. Like I don't know how 900 people agree on anything, right? And they somehow are totally cool with uh, with a cat a cat being their governing body. <laughs>
1: Well, so so there was a uh, there was a cat. Uh, so the, mm-hmm. the cat's name was um, was Browser, right? <laughs> and so this was a cat who was in um, where the heck was he? I, I can't remember exactly where he was here, but he was a oh here he is here he is White Settlement Public Library in Texas. Okay, mm-hmm. he was originally adopted in uh, in this library to help with a rodent problem. Okay, which
0: again makes total sense, right? That right. makes sense.
1: And so now he is—he is, he is a—he's uh, a, he's a fixture at this library, right? He's got a job at the library. He's like—he's like a librarian. He's got a little seat and everything, right? Yes. And but they originally so uh, a city got council a overdue stamp. A city—a city councilwoman. Uh, a city councilwoman put in a a thing a, a law i guess or i don't know a council vote or something whatever right to um to get rid of Bowser or what? browser sorry browser because he presents a inconvenience to people with cat allergies oh. right the library claims they have which is
0: totally have, fair that's i mean that that's is fair. A valid that's it's point. fine whatever that's the <laughs>
1: library says it has a air purifier that will remove 99% of allergens from the air okay Mm-hmm. But uh, after it, it went on to Reddit, that's where I first saw it, and it became a ginormous international story. The city was just inundated with emails and letters, and so the uh, the people mayor were here, ticked, right? the, uh, the people really really take so Ron White, not Ron White, the mayor of White of a uh, white settlement, the name of this town, which that's an interesting name for a town, mm-hmm. um, is quoted here saying, "quote." Uh, now that the controversy is behind the small city, White said he is glad it's all over with. Quote, it was a waste of time and money. It was ridiculous to do that, and they did it without thinking ahead, he said. It was absolutely wrong to begin with. And the, uh, the yeah. city councilwoman did not respond to ABC News request for comment. Um. <laughs> the, cat's, the cat's
0: publicist, however, ha- is going on, going on to 60 Minutes right
1: oh my goodness it's so silly and joy
0: hitting it with some and joy that's some good stuff
1: ridiculous so browser good for you still got your job there's some other so there's some other stories too about cats with jobs like there's uh there's one there's one that was in uh, there's a cat in japan right Mm -hmm. um who like who goes to the market to get fish for his family every day oh and there's a penguin that does it too, actually.
0: Which <laughs> I've is, seen, which is I've cute. seen that's that one on YouTube too. as well. Okay, that's, that's pretty cute too.
1: That's so that that is a good story, Marie. So one, okay, one so, of my. F- oh, go ahead. Yes, so, yes. No, no. So you like yes. the mayor? So you're, the mayor I story is one of mayor your good cat. ones. cat.
0: I love the mayor cat. Governing okay. bodies, feline governing bodies, like that's just. And the town again, it's not like they were like, you know what, this stuff with the cat, it's not working out. Like our budget is totally jacked. Um infrastructure, unemployment, town's going to the town is going to hell in a handbasket. No. They're like, you know what? Let's just let's just keep this sweet thing happening. It's going well. Nine hundred people totally happy. <laughs> what? <laughs> well, because of a cat.
1: <sighs> okay, Love so it. this uh, I found I found a really fun article on um on StrangerDimensions.org. Or sorry, strangerdimensions.com. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, the the first article here is titled Five Signs a Ghost Cat Is Haunting You Right Now." Okay, and and that one, that one, which is different than a regular cat, just effing with you, (laughs) how? That one, that one starts. That one starts with quote: "Cats are interdimensional beings." We've already established that they can teleport, and even we've already established that. Well, that's
0: that's there's there's
1: no point going over that again. No, and uh, that, links that, to an article, to that links over to an article. That links over to an article again on strange dimensions, stranger dimensions that says, "Are cats interdimensional beings?" Strange tales of teleporting felines. Now, <laughs> what I what, what I really like Sorry. about this, what I really like about this website is yeah. on the right hand side there's a latest posts thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's uh, here's a couple of those ones. Okay, I know we're taking we're kind of going off a of cats really quick, but we'll, I promise we'll be back. So. Is the Ouija board just a game? All right, Mm. fine. Goodyear blimp blimp, mystifies residents of North Carolina. (laughs) Okay.
0: Well, okay. Fine. Uh, You can go go either way with that.
1: Okay. Video (laughs) spongy human sea creature mystifies Chinese beach. Mm. Okay. But here's Mm -hmm, the best mm -hmm, one. Here's mm -hmm, the best one. mm -hmm. Jason the horse. Is he a horse in human form? Of course, of course. I don't understand. <laughs> okay, sorry. So Still a little
0: Mr. Ed for you people out there. So but, in the way back,
1: what yeah. this what this article is kind of talking about is so first off, if you want a really funny episode on ghost cats, I listened to Ooh, last ghost podcast God. on the left. They did a really funny one, but uh so one idea with cats, again, part of their kind of overall lore is that they can see and interact with the spirit world. And particularly that they can kind of phase in and out of this dimension into another dimension that they can actually uh, go between the real world and the spirit world. Again, a, a thing that makes them a very good familiar particularly and on all that kind of stuff. This just, by
0: the way, best episode ever. Best episode I'm ever. It. I'm I, it.
1: I just like this one just because I think it's really funny this and awesome. keep, no, keep going. I'm enrapped. And, and there's a whole there's a whole Internet side about, you know, cats can ward off ghosts and cats can <laughs> see spirits. And, you know, oh, my goodness, my cat cured my cancer. You know, people like, oh, God, people get so weird about cats. Marie, I don't understand it.
0: But I, I'm loving the five signs. So what are the five signs? Like I, am okay, so okay. I'm just hanging out. I'm watching TV. I'm, you know, I'm watching, uh, you know, uh, American Ninja Warrior or something along that. Case. And what's what? A, and something happens.
1: Okay, so one, a furry mm-hmm. presence.
0: A furry presence.
1: Okay. So if you feel that something is staring at you, it might be a cat. Okay. 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 Um, okay. Another one. Another one here. Phantom meowing.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Fa- okay. Phantom
1: meowing. Phantom meowing. Phantom meowing. All right. All
0: right. Okay. Phantom meow. So
1: what? Like um. To- meow. Okay. Number three. <laughs> number three. Number three. Uh, familiar, and then in parentheses, but ghostly smells. <laughs> <laughs> so like cat pee. <laughs> They say that the smell of cat pee might be a sign that you have a ghost cat. It also might be that, like, your cat peed in the corner and you didn't realize until the overwhelming smell of cat was gone, right? Like, it could just be that you were nose blind to the cat pee.
0: Wow. Okay. Wow. Familiar right. sets, Like, it, there's, like, sense, like, smells with cats, there's only going to be, like, like maybe 3 or 4 and none of them are going to be like pleasant. So what are you like like that's probably not something you even want to smell. All right. I'm I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in. Okay. Stuff just starts to knock off the shelf, right?
1: This oh. one I like this one I like okay. Uh, the fo- this is the from this strangerdimensions.com. Mm-hmm. The following account may seem a bit crude, but it's yet another sign that a ghost cat may be nearby. Mm-hmm. That of strange and sometimes wicked smells. 2 years ago, Reddit user CatWeasel shared a story about her 16-year-old cat, who unfortunately had to be put to sleep earlier that week. A few days later, after walking over by the kitchen pantry, she was hit with the overwhelming odor of cat urine. Now, this might not seem too odd, but only could it have perhaps been a remnant. Not only could it have perhaps been a remnant of her deceased cat, but there were also two other cats in the house. However, those two cats were asleep in the bedroom at the time, and the door to the pantry had been open. Totally innocent. (laughs) Seriously, the smell was far too intense and fresh. He explained, and focused on one specific area—the two middle shelves where it was unlikely either of the living cats would reach that and absolutely nothing was wet. It didn't make any sense None she, whatsoever. She even went and brought one of her other kittens into the kitchen to see if she would react, but nothing happened. And then <laughs> just like that, the smell disappeared uh, for about an hour to an hour and a half. I kept going back to try and figure it out. Then one time I went back and nothing. There was no trace of any what? smell all day. I was wondering, the smell never returned. <laughs> so it like what? Like okay. One of the two living cats pissed there. The cat that was sick no, enough. They to were be innocent.
0: Put, they were innocent. The cat that they was sick enough. They were in the other
1: room. Right. The cat that was sick enough to be put down had peed there. Oh, you know what I mean? Like it's such a, it's such a non thing. It's a so, nonsense problem. So
0: Wait a minute. So you're debunking ghost cat.
1: In this case.
0: Uh, okay all right all right in this case okay all right i'm ready because then i i then we have i have another case study for you but let's let's get the rules of what of what that is. sure
1: sure sure so okay
0: four because we're only like stinky odors
1: right right so four four shadow cats at the corner of your eyes (gasps) shadow cats yeah now this is just like because i do this too right where you're a ghostly shape in the corner of of somebody's eyes. Well, yeah, well, yeah, like, uh, like the number of times I have mistaken a pair of sweatpants on the ground for chippy (laughs) is like astronomical. So it, to me, this is just, this is just a sign you have a cat. (laughs) Like you might've just had a cat at some point, which is probably true if you have a ghost cat. Uh, And then there's number, there's number five here. Uh Ghost cat apparitions. Full, uh, full feline apparition. Yes. Yeah. Now that to Come me, on. that number five to me seems to be the only indicator that you have a ghost cat. <laughs> you know, everything else, everything else on this list could have just gone either everything way. Else
0: is, yeah, everything else is debatable or sliding scale. I think that, uh, I think that, uh, I think a full apparition, a full blown apparition, you can call it.
1: You can say I got a ghost cat.
0: I got, I got me a ghost cat. Yeah. Okay, so, from pawculture.com, I will bring you the story of the Crescent Hotel. What makes this hotel so spooky? Morris, the ghost cat. So, (laughs) Crescent Hotel and Spa in scenic Ozark Mountains, overlooking Eureka Springs, Arkansas. So don't be surprised if you're checking in for your Manny Petty, maybe a seaweed wrap, I don't know, whatever they do in the Ozarks, and you feel a cat jump up on your lap or brush against your legs only to look down and see that there is nothing there. The hotel has... Supposedly, the Crescent is supposed to be one of the most haunted in America and boasts many ghost stories according to this website. However, none with more notoriety and fame than Morris, the orange tabby that was the hotel mascot from 1973 to 1994. So he was named after the, the famous Nine Lives food cat at the time, and was a, uh, I guess was, you know, owned by someone in the hotel, and, you know, resided there, and you know, became sort of the mascot and even earned the nickname General Manager by the hotel staff. Mm. So, yes, right? So then, of course, as as cats are, you know, they come to the end of their life. I believe he was even buried when he passed away. They had a, a well-attended wake for said Morris. There's a portrait of him that still hangs in the lobby along with a memorial plaque and a poem about the cat uh, and he is buried in the back of the hotel in a flower bed
1: <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> sorry,
0: in a flower bed just beyond the ver- 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 veranda <laughs> so whatever they can never, the problem being is like you got to be really careful when you like put in your perennials okay?
1: sure, <laughs> sure, sure, yeah <laughs>
0: All right. So, but does does Morris still roam the halls of the Crescent? And there's some awesome stories about people who have had interactions with the ghost cat themselves. I don't. So I'm looking here. I'm I'm looking for weird odors. I'm trying to I'm trying to you know scratch a few off the list. And basically, they feel a cat jump up on their lap. They look down, and there's nothing there. Um, they they report seeing a cat run down the hallway. And disappear around the corner and when they give chase to look for it they can't find anything
1: mm. mm-hmm.
0: one of the most popular places for said ghost cat is the ghost tour given at the hotel which ends up in the morgue wait no so hold up i am reading this off of pause culture why does a hotel have a morgue
1: I don't know. That's a good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> so, uh,
0: a morgue, turn on the lights. One particular night. So, um, we're going to come back to that because I kind of, that should be your clue that you probably don't want to stay there. And the spa is is, you know, a little questionable in that it's, it's actually a morgue. <laughs>
1: Interesting. So the
0: tour concludes when the when the guide huddles the group inside the morgue, turns the door and the lights off, and then you know as does, says does oh scary, and then you know turns the lights on and they feel something brush against their legs, and somebody said you know oh my god is there a cat in here and they all look around and there's no cat, hmm. so um, you know it, I guess Morris shows up in pictures, um. And uh, is a fairly famous presence. Although if, you know, I would say that's great. That's a great marketing thing. And that's a good thing you should have if you are running a hotel or a spa that has a morgue. Side note.
1: (laughs) Interesting.
0: (laughs) So Ghost Cats in Arkansas, yo. I I want to hear more about that if anybody if any of our if any of our listeners have have ever have ever gotten the um you know the volcanic the volcanic ash or the uh whatever is the uh whatever's the uh you know whatever's whatever's big in arkansas for for spa treatments at this place oh,
1: Good god. god okay I know, I know. No, <laughs> okay. no
0: no 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 so no no ghostly smells, you know, or anything along it's those nothing, lines.
1: nothing. None of the signs.
0: None of the signs. You know, but there's a presence in there, and there's a I don't a think morgue. they had
1: one. There was cat. none of the Mary, where's the cat pee?
0: Oh, I know. Uh, thrown out because no cat pee. I know.
1: I'm telling you. Closing that link. <laughs> All right. Okay. So <laughs> so this, the re- one of the main, besides the fact that we love cats, mm. one of the main stories cats. that made me want to do this episode actually was... Have you ever Marie heard of an alien big cat?
0: An alien big cat. No, I have not, but I'm already I am you you had me at alien plus big plus cat.
1: Okay, so you're into it. Okay.
0: I'm 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 100%. All
1: right. So there's a couple of them that are uh, So okay, what the alien big cat what it basically means it's it doesn't mean they're from outer space. It doesn't mean they're like aliens themselves. Aww. What it means is that they are they are big cats. They're like leopards or tigers or pumas or something Aww.
0: that are in of, I was kind of hoping for like the he- man cat that he rode. That was like an alien big cat.
1: oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Right? okay. so uh, it's it's just it's a big cat that is spotted in an area where you wouldn't normally expect them to be. Oh. So okay. like, like a hotel. Like right. a hotel, so the so what, some of the most famous ones come mm. from uh, Britain, from the UK, mm. right? And so that's you have stories of things like the Beast of Dartmoor, right? Mm. Or uh, other big cat stories like that. So there's a there's a interesting one recently, the Beast of Cumbria, the Creature of Cornwall, the Wildcat of Warwickshire, right? Oh. There's, and so
0: I, I love. Okay, first of all, I love. I love all of that. I love the British. It's almost like, forget the hounds of the Baskerville. You're like, you know, the wild cat of Horkishishare. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Okay.
1: Now, the cool thing about these stories mm-hmm. is that there are, there's some really, like, like you know how people say, oh, you know, if there's Bigfoot out there, why doesn't there have any pictures? These big cat stories are the, ex- are the perfect example of that where there are pictures. People have video of big cats in, like, you know, their backyard in North Carolina and they're like, what the hell? And it's like a, it's a puma, right? Or it's a tiger or it's something else. It's insanity. Right. So, uh, so some, so here's some, but of, is it alien? He- no, no, no. They're just, they're just ginormous cats that should not be in that area. Oh. And they just destroy the local environment. So here's a list here. This is from this is from uh, the Sun, so obviously not a super great source. But there's <laughs> some other ones, whatever. We're talking mm-hmm. about ghost cats. Mm-hmm. How great can we really get here? So here is here are some of the sightings here, recent ones in the UK. There's the Beast of Cumbria, which is a black cat like a panther. Ooh. The Hull Hellcat, a huge puma. The Burry Beast, which is, again, a black panther the Wildcat of Wakefield, another Black Panther, the Pershore Panther, the Wildcat of Warwickshire, which I think is a lynx, possibly. I love that. Uh, The Bedfordshire Big Cat. It's a panther. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a bunch of them, right? There's a lot of them here. Now, why I really like this story is that there's actually a lot of really good science to show that it's actually a real problem. Yes. Yeah. So there are actually more it's believed that there might there are more captive tigers in the United States than there are wild ones in the rest of the entire world. Huh. Okay, and certain That's states, certain states, putting. like for we instance, should, Texas, yeah. Texas allows you to have a pet tiger.
0: So I'm just going to go out on a, uh, on a hypothetical limb here and say that if an animal is not domesticated... You really shouldn't have it as a pet.
1: No, not at all.
0: Right, you shouldn't have it as a pet even though it's like, you know, there's this tiny little bit of my brain that's like, "Oh, it's a tiger." But it's like that's not cool. Like that animal is not meant to be a domestic animal and is should should be where it's meant to be, which is yeah. not in your, you know, not in your living room eating peanut butter.
1: Yeah. So the number of big cats reported in the United States fell from 6,563 in 2011 to 5,144 uh, in, uh, in 2018. So that's a, that's a pretty good decrease, right? Wow. Now, mm. some, of these, some of these stories, though, go, they're nuts, right? So, for instance, there was a, a female tiger was found just walking around the streets of Houston in uh 2016 after a flood because oh the God. owner the person who had them in their home just let them go because they were like we can't we can't take care of them right and so it was it was a rescue farm it was a rescue farm but it's but specifically like someone brought in this animal that was like we can't take care of it anymore whatever and then it flooded and they just let it go into the wild in but texas that's
0: not much of a rescue farm if no. you're just gonna let the animal go, I mean, you're, you're gonna need rescue from the rescue farm. Your your purpose is to rescue, <laughs> yeah, not to like ins- make to make things worse for everybody. Oh my
1: god, it's insanity. So um, uh. there's uh, so there's some other other big issues here, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it's believed that still today there's about 7,000 uh, tigers in captivity in the United States. Ugh. Okay. There's 4,000 in the wild.
0: Oh my God.
1: So really, you know, it's, it's, it's insanity, right? Yeah. Now the, with that comes a tremendous amount of maulings.
0: Whoa! Well, yeah. <laughs> All <laughs>
1: right. So, uh, so the high, the high, uh, level mark recently for big head incidents was around 110, or Maybe like 105, somewhere around there. in to that, like around 2005, mm-hmm. uh, it's been smaller. It's been, it's been lower recently. Right. But it has not been great. It's not, a, it's not, a, it's not great that there's any of them, obviously. Uh, and some of them are, are pretty serious. Now, what, I find to be fascinating about this is a lot of the areas here where there are these uh, big cat kind of uh, attacks right or mm-hmm. maulings or problems or whatever are states that have states that have stories of uh, what's the word of of, of ghost cats of goat not goat yeah of alien big cats. alien alien big cats right so one of the most common alien big cats in the United States is called the wampus cat Okay, mm-hmm. it's a it's a panther like cat, some kind of panther or whatever. the uh, The legend of the Wampus Beast or the Wampus Cat is a Cherokee. It's from a Cherokee folklore, and the story is that a uh, the a Cherokee woman wasn't tr- didn't trust her husband enough, and so she was trying to find out where he was going when he hunted to make sure that that's what he was doing, and mm-hmm. so she put on the hide of an animal and went to go try to find him, and instead, mm-hmm. you know, on accident. Uh, picked up some hunting secrets of the tribe that she wasn't supposed to know and so the uh, the the shaman or the guards or whoever caught her and then cast a spell on her that merged her into a beast uh, like kind of a werewolf sort of thing all right yeah now the story is said to be uh, have glowing eyes it's supposed to be like I said a black cat it's quite big muscular all that other stuff whatever. It's most well known mm-hmm. in kind of the Tennessee, uh, Carolinas, that kind of area. Mm. Right? Wamp- wampus area. The, womp- the Wampus area, right? <laughs> the Wampus <It's-> Belt. <laughs> yeah, right. It's, a, it's an <laughs> oh, interesting, God. so, it mostly Ooh. like Appalachia, right? That's kind of where okay. it's most commonly found. Now, that's also a region that had big cats in the past as well, right? Uh, mm-hmm. not not necessarily uh, giant, black, glowing-eyed monster animals, but had had big cats, you know? And, uh, you know, so it makes me wonder with these cases, is it a mix of... Is it is it really sightings of big cats that have been escaped or are being let loose by people or are just still naturally living in that area? You know, because a lot of these cases happen in places where we, we there used to be a population, but now we don't think there are anymore, but maybe there's still one, whatever. Or are these animals being released and then just living living life mm-hmm. well enough that they're able to uh, survive in the United States?
0: I think it's probably a mix, and it's also a mix of, like, I, I mean, my dad, who is in Colorado, you know, reports out, you know, he, he hears something, you know, knocking around the... They live on this alley, and he, he hears something knocking around the trash cans in the alley, and, of course being the ever vigilant guardian of the alley that he is. He's out there, you know, he's looking out there with a flashlight. And I guess like the week before we were there, or even a couple days before we were there, um, it was a mountain lion. So granted he lives, again, Rocky Mountains. They're going to have those, they're going to have that type of wildlife, but the wildlife is coming further and further into populated areas as the populated areas go further and further into their natural habitat as well. So I think Mm. it's like this weird sort of this weird mix of uh, there being less indigenous areas for wildlife that are of that size and the ones that are surviving are, you know, going into find the Chick-fil-A in my dad's (laughs) trash (laughs)
1: Sure. Sure, <laughs> right? sure, sure. Yeah, so yeah I of think course.
0: That's I think that that's that's a good part of it. I mean, I don't necessarily think that these things are alien and or ghosts. Cause also no weird smells.
1: Mm. Interesting. No no weird smells.
0: No weird smells.
1: So, so there are uh, there are some other stories like this just around the United States. So in Maine it's known as a the uh, in in Maine it's known as a Lunk-a-seus.
0: Ooh, the, the fighting lunkasuses! All right, it's a
1: maned. Supposedly a maned lion. It's an American lion, basically, like a big cat that lives in America. Well, and there have been there have been sightings of these things for a very long time.
0: The main coon cat is ginormous.
1: Yeah, it can be very big.
0: Those things are ginormous and and fuzzy. They're so cute.
1: Yeah. <sighs> now there are some there are some other uh, cases here too where things have been actually found okay mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. for instance the kellis cat mm-hmm. was a a, a a kind of a weird cryptid that was thought to be uh, found in Scotland in kind of the highlands oh. right and it was kind oh. of a mix it was mm-hmm. like a black a black ghost cat they claimed
0: ah oh, uh, i love it
1: it was uh it was actually found to be after one was shot in 1984 was found to be a hybrid between a wild cat and a domestic subspecies subspecies of cat. Huh. So it was it was just a it was a wild cat and a regular house cat then mated and made a big spooky like not super big but big enough
0: <laughs> big enough to get some cred in Scotland. Yeah, big enough, if, big enough big enough to if be a little gonna weird. If you're going to be a cryptid, if you're going to be sort of a scary cryptid, you want to be on the moors. You want to be in Scotland. You want to have glowing eyes, you know, that you want to, that's sort of canon for your, oh, absolutely. for your, you know, that's some good stuff. Again, if you, if you look at sort of the canon idea of like scary animals that are big, pee smells never come into that equation. I'm just, never. I'm not doubting our sources. I am just saying.
1: Okay. Another one. I really like Marie. So. Okay, to, to kind of clear out the mm-hmm. to kind of clear out the actual big cat thing here. Ah, uh, it was reported in the Telegraph in yeah. 2016 uh-huh. that the Beast of Dartmoor mystery was actually solved. What? Okay, when Beast a of f-
0: Dartmoor? That's hysterical. Okay, yeah.
1: Okay, so it was a. Uh, so I'm just gonna read this part. It
0: was a tabby.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, for years, the rumors of big cats roaming Dartmoor and savaging livestock has b- have been dismissed as sheer fantasy, no more credible than claims of the existence of a Loch Ness monster. Mm-hmm. But the doubters may have, dare one say it, pause for thought. Hilarious. <laughs> for the claims that big cats are roaming free may actually be true, <gasps> with the mystery of how they got to Dartmoor and nearby Exmoor and Bodminmoor solved at last. It is now claimed that the three pumas were released onto the wilds of Dartmoor by Mary Chipperfield, the famous circus owner after her zoo in Plymouth was forced to shut down in mm. 1978. The large 1978. cats were being driven Eight. to their, the large cats were being driven to their new home at the Moores Wildlife Park by Mrs. Chipperfield, but that only two out of a consignment of five pumas ever arrived. It is thought Mrs. Chipperfield released her favorite breeding pair and another male into the wild, rather than see them go into a new home. The claim has surfaced in the wake of the disappearance from Dartmoor Zoo of Flavia, a rare lynx which escaped its enclosure earlier this month. Um, Flavia? I know, it's ridiculous.
0: So, it's... Way to make the lynx feel wussy.
1: Flavia. It's it's very interesting. So, um... So... Mm. This, and this seems. This has been confirmed by by people that actually were supposed to buy the pumas and bring them up in things. So again, um, so here's a quote. Here, she wasn't. She wasn't even obliged to report it because releasing exotic species wasn't illegal until 1981. It was just brushed under the carpet and never talked about. It has never come out until now. Um, so it has been. Uh, it's very interesting that it supposedly has been proven. <laughs> that these things existed, and, and if that's true, they probably still do exist in the wild out there.
0: Probably, but it's also like the the folly and vanity of Mrs. Chipperfield that she right. would do that, right? It's like, right. it's no romantic notion to put two cats out into the wild. I mean, you're basically, you're basi- again, you're, you are releasing them into a habitat that they are not familiar with, that they are not, you know, necessarily top of the food chain predators in, and is dangerous. So the the fact that they did survive is is amazing, but it shouldn't it shouldn't be celebrated. Like she should be No She should be, you know, brought yeah, up on charges I mean, for for something that's not, you know
1: Well she died in 2014.
0: So dig her up. <laughs> Her back, get her back. So that's just, that's just my go to for everything. Okay,
1: I hear Sorry. it. I know, I know you're always if I had a nickel for every time Marie said, dig her up, just goodness. dig goodness. Up. Um, yeah, the th- so it is, it's basically like if you, I don't know, I mean, it's like if you released, there's no example, there's not even a good example for it because it's just a, a killing machine. You release a killing machine into a new environment and you're just like, yes. Ah, uh, back to yes. nature with you, you know. Like but
0: like a killing machine that has no idea of its own, of its own identity. Place in some or ways, pow- right? right? Because right. it's it was- been it's it's been semi domesticated and taught a certain relationship with people, and it's like, of course, it's gonna you know terrorize and come into people's backyards. It doesn't. It's not afraid of. It's not afraid of people, and it's like livestock seems like pretty easy pickings.
1: Right. It's it's very yeah. interesting. So uh, so now for one that's mm. like rock solid, right? Rock solid true. Mm. Mm-hmm. Marie, have I'm you ready. ever have you ever heard of a serpopard? Oh,
0: good god. No.
1: Okay. <laughs> the serpopard. This is this is from cryptids.mikiya.com. So pod com.
0: at the last just the POD at the no, end. No, it's
1: pard, P A R D.
0: P O. Okay. S
1: E R P O P A R D. Serpopard. serpopard.
0: I'm bracing. I'm ready.
1: Okay, I'm ready. This is this is from cryptids.wiki.com. So this is mm-hmm. this is like ground of the earth. Our go to, our go
0: to for all of our cryptid uh, investigatory research.
1: Okay, the serpopard is a term applied by some modern researchers to what is Wait, described. So ho-
0: some researchers, do they footnote like who's calling it that? Because you, you and I are coming up with a different charm entirely. Okay, keep going. Of course, come they up don't. With something
1: else. To what is described as a long-necked mythical animal known from ancient Egypt and Mesopotamian depictions, it is an animal whose depictions have been found on ancient Egyptian artifacts. Images of the creatures have been painted on the Narmer Palette and small palette of Nekin. The Serpopard is a cross between a leopard and a serpent, bearing the body of a leopard and the head of a snake on a long neck. The Egyptian. This is my favorite quote. The Egyptians are well known for their accurate depictions of animals, leading some archaeologists to believe that the Serpopard is not a mythical creature, but an extinct animal that existed during that time. Now, what part of putting a bird's face on a man's body is considered an accurate depiction of animals? Ugh. If there's one thing everyone knows about ancient Egypt, it's the hieroglyphics of like a cat's head on a person or the sphinx or like any of that other crap.
0: Or Anupis or Ibex. They're they're the
1: worst. They're the worst at depicting real animals. I don't understand. They weren't
0: supposed to be real. They were supposed to be gods with attributes that meant something that was, you know, that was deified and signified by animals. (gasps) I don't. So, um, so what I what I really want, first of all, it's known by this name. So again, we're coming up with a better name because that just seems, super, you know, like, come on now, Shamal. Somebody just filmed that one in. And second Serpa of all, circle part is
1: like, a terrible name.
0: Terrible name. It's not going to first. It's going to be very hard to market. Second of all, nothing rhymes with it. There's just nothing that you can do with that. Um, but then also, I love like they just casually thrown in. It's seen all over ancient Egypt. It's like, no, you just cited a single place that that thing could be like a number of different things.
1: Right. right. I'm f-
0: not even going to Google. I'll Google it later. But I am. I am sort of dubious about that. What I think.
1: What I think we should call it is the lioness. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Pretty good. We shall. Pretty good. We shall. Feeling good about it.
0: The lioness. The lioness. We're idiots. That's the best thing I've ever heard.
1: (laughs) Best episode ever. So good. Oh my god. So yeah,
0: we're gonna have to go and we're gonna have to talk to our buddies at um at uh at our at our go-to free. At cryptids.wikia with a Z. Yeah. (laughs) With a Z.
1: Yeah, we gotta talk to them. It's not great. Cryptids
0: with a Z. Um, okay, so. Just as sort of, like, again, I've got two more sort of fun, fun little subjects about cats. One, which is, I don't know how much science is attributed to this, but you always hear stories about, you know, incredible stories about cats that are lost or that, you know, their owners move and the cat was let out by, you know, the so-and-so accidentally let the cat out and then the family moved and the cat will, will travel, like miles and miles and miles and miles and miles and find them so from mental floss nine incredible stories about cats who were lost and found and it's like this is some crazy stuff it's like there's a cat who you know would go out and would stray you know and it would you know kind of take off and eight months later so the family moved and the cat was they couldn't find the cat Um, eight months later 1300 miles the cat mm. found them. According to uh, according to this, which is like that's that's some crazy stuff. Right? I mean to me it's like that's I, I how I don't know how like so how what what is in a cat's in a cat's, you know, senses that they would be able to find someone.
1: Yeah, that's interesting.
0: Right? Or Charlie? Five years later, let me find this one. It's just, and it also kind of chokes me up. It's so sweet. Like, you know, Virginia Fryback of Fort Wayne, Indiana, thought she'd never see Charlie again after he went missing five years ago.
1: That's crazy.
0: But then, just a couple of months, you know, uh, wait, da da da. Ten-year-old Charlie came into the care of Fort Wayne, blah, 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 and microchipped, led back to. So in this case, it was. Uh, it was a microchip. So the cat had a microchip in its neck and was able hmm. to get... But it's like, there there she is, reunited. Oh, and then here's one that's kind of peculiar, which is, again, my favorite. Came from Colorado, which again is the... Uh, you know, if my dad's looking out the window looking for, you know, pumas, he might have seen willow five years later and 18, uh, 1,800 miles later... Uh, Chris and Jamie Squire of Broomfield were looking for their missing cat, Willow, in late 2006. Contractor let her out of the house by mistake. They put up posters, but, you know, were, were crushed. They figured, you know, maybe a coyote got her. As my as my father is, is favored to saying, oh, it probably was just the coyotes. Then, 2011, call from Animal Care and Control in New York City. Willow had been picked up on 20th Street and taken to a shelter in New York City. Hmm. Damn. So, again, not, not cats exactly coming back home, but cats, like, just like... So how did a cat get from Colorado to New York City? That's insanity.
1: That is pretty crazy.
0: That is pretty crazy. I don't um, know. So I've got, you know, so I don't know what, you know, what drives a cat to either but they're very they are clearly very resourceful animals and again but also fairly loyal for the ones that will travel miles and miles and miles just to get just to get back to their owners which is so incredibly sweet um and then i have one more which is sort of science fictiony which i do love i'm trying to find it here It's not the oldest cat in history it's not the cat with the loudest purr (sighs) it is a story about cloning cats Mm. (laughs) perfect mad scientist again like dude if there was ever if there was ever anything that was meant for us this is this is some good stuff here um yeah 2002 scientists at texas a&m announced the first successful cloning of a household pet, a kitten they named CC, short for Carbon Copy, or Copycat.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Nose. cat.
0: Copycat. <gasps> oh. oh, sorry. The news was met with mixed reviews. Okay, some, you know, you shouldn't be cloning. That's not cool. But other people were like, oh, my God, Copycat. I want one. Um, so... They also, um, you know, dabbled. That, so this has been going on since that time. Millions of cats in shelters agreed you should be, you should be rescuing cats that needs home and maybe not cloning them. Um, there's also a process, a process that happened in Korea where researchers were still dabbling in cat cloning and led to cats called Mr. Green Jeans, the first glow-in-the-dark cat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a cat that actually glows in the GD and dark, which so, is c- crazy. Why, how does that even work? Like what phosphorescence do you put into a, do you put into the, what? A, a,
1: Seven <laughs> I mean, hard can't, I, I can't
0: even, <laughs> I can't even cause this should just be on, you know, cryptoids with a Z or whatever. Um, yeah, so Mr. Green Jeans, first glow-in-the-dark cat for the U.S. So it happened, cat cloning, that they actually were glowing in the dark, was done in Korea. And But we have, uh, rest assured, we have met science with science and we have created our own glow-in-the-dark cat. As for carbon copy uh, or copycat, she went on to have a normal litter of three kittens and lives in Texas with the researcher who cloned her.
1: Now, that's really interesting. It okay, so, new... so first off, so, okay, mm-hmm. cloning is, okay, so the, the first question you don't had. Don't clone. Don't fir- clone. Don't clone. The don't first clone. question you had, what makes them actually glow green is called green fluorescent protein. Uh-huh. And so what it does is it, it fluoresces when it's exposed to light in the blue to ultraviolet range.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And so originally it's from a, originally it's from a jellyfish. It's from okay. the uh, Aquaria victoria jellyfish. And so uh, that one specifically peaks at at a at a wavelength of 395 nanometers, which means that it will it'll glow really, really high uh, with uh, with a hit of that wavelength of light onto it. With a black light, it'll glow green.
0: But why, why, why put it into a cat?
1: Okay, the so green fluorescent protein is used as a tool or as a test. Basically, because it's a really easy way to see if you were able to successfully mess with the genetics of an organism, because like if you're trying to implant like a, you know, an anti-cancer gene or something into an animal, you're not going to, you're not going to, you're not going to know if that worked until, you know whatever you can get it to glow green exactly but with but with gfp or with other fluorescent proteins and other kind of markers like that you can know exactly when it happens so Mm -hmm. um, the way they implant them into organisms is super fascinating and like really complicated but basically the the idea is that your your dna is constantly being like when cells are created and and uh, metabolized and do all kinds of stuff, whatever, your DNA is constantly being uh, kind of created and then destroyed and then recreated and then destroyed and recreated and destroyed. And destroyed, destroyed right? Mm-hmm. It's um basically it's in it's in the uh, the cell cycle, right? So uh, your DNA becomes RNA, and uh, what's the word and you, like?
0: And you end up with a green cat.
1: Well, so, so your DNA gets transcribed to an RNA sequence, and then that gets translated into a protein sequence. Okay? Mm-hmm. And this is why I didn't do biology, because I'm garbage <laughs> at this stuff, and I have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. But dude, dude,
0: you're doing good. I think the simple idea of, like, you have to know that it worked, so you have to have some marker of it as visible instead of seeing... Because you're not going to be able to see if you cured cancer you're not gonna be able to see if you spliced something to something without some sort of visual indication of it so this is one way of doing it
1: yeah and so basically or you can just
0: make it into a snake there's there's a whole other side of things
1: sure and so your your dna is your dna is coded in such a way that there are like uh there are there are things like chemicals that we can use to break dna up into smaller pieces Mm -hmm. And then add stuff to it. So basically what they do is they use these like markers to say, well, I'll add GFP to this part of the DNA. And then they test to see if that was actually done correctly by, you know, fluorescing this protein. (laughs) Yeah. And so, uh, we've been able to put GFP into like, into, uh, plants, into, uh, you know, mice, into cats, into dogs and pigs and stuff, even, um, it's a, it's very, very interesting. Uh, and it's kind of where the, it's where that bigger question of genetic modification and uh, cloning yeah. and all that stuff, if it's okay, if it's something we should even do right. But, uh, really in many ways, the ability to manipulate DNA like this has led to, cause in the same way that you can add to a bacteria or whatever, the ability to fluoresce green at certain wavelengths, you can also code in other things like produce this anti-cancer drug, right? Or produce this chemical that we think will be useful as a drug or uh, any, any kinds of other things. So it's, it's a fascinating field. There's a lot of ethics there that are questionable. I think that still have to get kind of uh, figured out, but that's the way it always happens in science where you just figure out the ethics as they kind of go along yep so anyways good good stuff marie
0: well glow-in-the-dark cats again like i myself don't necessarily think i think there's a good amount of validity to the fact that we have cats and shelters we have cats that need homes i understand why they're doing this in a certain respect but cloning is you know again kind of a big area that is is questionable um and again like i said you could you could start mixing around with you know with with uh with snakes with other stuff it could be it could all, it could all head back to ancient egypt that's all i'm saying
1: it could be <laughs> it could all be just uh snake or leopards or whatever the hell we're talking about them
0: and i would say like too like my cat is is a huge like she's when we got her she was a skinny lithe you know, could jump really high, and now she's literally like almost rotund. She's just, <laughs> she's just so cute, and I wouldn't change her for anything. And I most certainly wouldn't want. I, I don't think it would be good to clone her, but she's she's perfect just the way she is.
1: Yeah. So uh, that's Aww. another thing too. Cloning cats and cloning any kind of pet is has now become kind of something of a. Uh, I don't want to say in industry because there's only mm-hmm. a couple places that will do it but there are places that will do it for a comically huge amount of money and uh, it's it, there the chances of it working you know uh, the chances of the animal not developing tremendous cancers like all of that stuff it's very risky still we don't really know that much about cloning still to this day we have a really good job we're really good at cloning small things like cells and whatever but we're not very good at at causing cloning of of a bigger
0: thing. Yes. Yes.
1: You know, even if you get the same palate, if it doesn't have the same upbringing, is it really going to be the same cat? Mm, I don't know. Mm. I just don't know, Marie. Mm -mm -mm. Mm Nope. Nope, nope, nope. (sighs) And that's that's why we got to go hug our cats now. I love our cats so much. I love our cats so much. Oh, my goodness, Marie. Dude, best episode ever. I love cats. Best episode ever. We love cats. Cats! All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Mad Scientist podcast. We'll be back next week with an episode on economic collapse. (laughs) Which has nothing to do with cats. So all you
0: dog people out there, get ready, because we're going to go economic
1: collapse. Get ready. All right. Thanks again for listening.
0: Bye.
1: Bye.